welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this week's show, we reflect on a disappointing home defeat against Wasps in front of a bumper crowd at the gate. We look ahead to the trip to Welford Road next Saturday, and we have our festive quiz covering the season so far. I'm Tony, and this week I'm joined by Lee, Pete and Miles for some rugby banter. Well, boys, welcome to my house. It's Sunday morning, and this is quite an occasion because it's the first time we will have actually done one of these without the aid of um, alcohol. Um, it's coffees and croissants all round, so uh, welcome. Um, before we get into the um, talking about the game, how, how's your Christmas has been? Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, quick one with the uh, up with the mother-in-law, uh, in and out fairly quickly. Not on my own. <laughs> Carry on camping, Pete. <laughs> uh, but back in time for Friday, and uh, obviously looking forward to that game on Friday. But yeah, you know, nice, nice one. Yeah, it was all right. And how about you, Miles? Did Santa bring you everything you wanted? Um, not a bobble hat, but everything else I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quite Christmas at home with the family. Very nice. Yeah, and then just obviously looking forward to Friday night's game and then, then disappointment ever since then. Yeah, and how about you, Lee? Well, like, Christmas was good time, but um, unfortunately I missed out on the game on Friday because uh, I had a virus, um, the virus which has been going around Southfield and... Ashton lately so it's been good up to that point but I don't think I missed too much did I? Well we'll, 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 we'll talk about that in a minute so it's good to have you back sick boy. Um, let's before we talk about the game let's hear what some of the fans thought immediately after the final whistle. Malcolm and I think it was just a defence not tight enough not strong enough getting pushed around too much too many mistakes. Stuart again defence just not strong enough watching the wings their wingers coming into the centre just destroyed us Gary uh, sloppy play lights on knock-ons we need a 10 who's willing to like take a risk and just kick for the extra 5-10 metres and the defence on that last play was awful awful but apart from that not a bad display but yeah could have done better my name is Bailey I think it went wrong uh, in the first half really because it was too, too, a de- too much of a defensive game and it should be more attacking played much better in the same half but we lost it well, there you have it. Um, what went wrong? Um, Pete, do you want to kick us off on, on, on the game and your feelings about it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games that's the sort of worst sort of game for a fan because you're taken up and down with emotion um, and then you have a bit of time to reflect on it and, and you kind of realise what, it, what it's like being a fan. Um, and sometimes um, you kind of think, wouldn't it be nice if I just didn't like sport at all and didn't have to go through that sort of thing? But, you know, rationally, I've got to... Th- and having watched the game again on uh, BT Sport, rationally, I think Wasp d- deserve to win it. But emotionally, when you're leading with three minutes to go, um, despite everything, it is hard to take afterwards. So emotionally, um, it was difficult. Rationally, I think it was a, it was probably a fair result. Really, um, a lot of things to think about, a lot of talking points, um, and fair fair due to us who kept going. To be fair, what about you, Miles? Yeah, I mean, I think exactly what Pete said. I mean, I've been uh, I've been at work filling the bits sort of 
disappointed all weekend, to be honest with you. Woke up in the night and we're still disappointed at, at the game, that is, of course. Um, I mean, it's just... Don't <laughs> <laughs> talk about the Duchess like that. <laughs> long time. I mean, I mean the, the, the Bristol Sport marketing team must still be crying in their beer and coffee. You know, 23,000 fans there uh, for a cracking Christmas atmosphere. And I think probably 20,000 of those came away feeling very flat indeed. Yeah, huge disappointment. To, uh, the win was there and then to give it away in the last three minutes, gutted. Yeah, I think again, it was disappointing, wasn't it? That first 20 minutes, there were knock-ons, we weren't playing well. And I think what, what's got me overall is the fact that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that that was a game that was there to be won. And um, I don't think Wasps were particularly better than us. They just did the basics right. They ran some nice lines and we, we got some of the basics wrong. Um, and it, it, it's, it's if we are to progress this season, if we're truly looking at top six, those are the kind of games that you need to win. And um, I think we covered on the show last week, Neil Williams, club statistician, gave us the, the facts and figures Wasps continue to be a bogey team. That's 10 league games now without a win against Wasps. Um, and they, they were there for the taking. Um, so let's talk about some of those things. Pete, I think you've got a point you want to make. Yeah, no, we go go back to what you've really alluded to, Tony, there is this whole thing of momentum. I think you know the reality is most teams in this division are going to have times where they're they're on top and other, and then they're going to have times where they're not. So you're always going to get ebb and flow in a game like this. But it just seems to us, for us, that particularly the last two home games, our kind of flowing has been immediately <laughs> followed by some ebbing straight away. And we just, you know, it's, it's, that was the slight worrying thing is, we, you know, there was some good rugby here and there. And, you know, some basics were good as well, to be fair. Our set piece was solid. Our scrum was solid. Set piece was solid. But, you know, it was just the fact we didn't... I think we still had to earn the right to spin that ball wide quickly and try all these fancy moves because in the first half, definitely, we were we were trying them straight away and it was quite obvious that Wasps weren't doing that. They were keeping the ball, they were punching holes, they had a bit more go forward and they and then, then when they launched a few attacks, you know, they'd earned that right to do it in the second half and I just felt we never quite earned the right to throw it around. So I think we have to manage the ebb and flow a lot better. Um, to, to coin a phrase. Yeah. Miles, any thoughts from you? Um, I mean, similar. I mean, I thought the first half was pretty even, wasn't it? The defence on both sides. Um, but, you know, 40 points in the second half. I mean, that's some pretty loose play from both teams, isn't it? Um, I mean, as Pete alluded to, we are our first phase is, it, it, are we getting too predictable already only after seven games? Because Wasps just stepped up, defence was pretty good, and there was there was no punching holes through, was there? Trying to get it out to the wings. Morahan, I mean, did you realise he was playing on Friday night? Such a quiet game. Um, and I think Wasps sussed us out, yeah. and then we had nothing else to offer, sadly. Lee, your yeah. thoughts? Well, it's not very often we say that Morahan wasn't in existence in the game. I mean, that's, you know, all season he's been brilliant. I think... Basically, just to carry on what the guys have said, I mean, we were there's too many errors again, but we're every week we're saying this, and we got opened up too often, missed tackles again, which which led to tries. Eventually, we're hoping we're going to stop these mistakes because we just seem to make a couple in each game recently, especially, and we're getting punished. Well, the defence was so good, wasn't wasn't it for the the, the first few games of the season, mm. and now. 
Um, what's that? Is that eleven tries we've shipped in in two games? Um, although we've 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 rested the goat, um, it's on rotation. A little gets my goat is restarts. Yeah, I, I actually think of all the teams I've seen us play this year, I think we are the worst at restarts. That's both when we kick off kicking the ball too long there's no chase and there's no pressure on the opposition but probably more importantly our ability to deal with restarts when it gets kicked to us um, and I think was it their third try came almost straight after we'd scored um, I, I, I really and, and that has to be one of the basics um, we just don't seem to be getting any better or putting any pressure um, yeah. on restarts either way I mean I think you're right Tony I mean in the second half towards the end we almost gave Chris really a cheer, didn't he, when he eventually caught a restart. It's such a worrying part of our game. I mean, do we seriously need a, a better kicking coach? I mean, Sheedy's not doing particularly well with his kicking, is he? And then the restarts, this week we didn't have Bedlow, and actually Saracens was pretty good, wasn't he? Hoofing it down the pitch, and it gave us a bit more time to chase the ball, but a bit worrying this week. Pete? I think, I think um, you mentioned Sheedy, and I think he had a pretty solid game, to be honest, you know, apart from the the uh, the one that hit the post, which Shane. you could argue, though, top level, that wasn't that difficult. You know, that would have given us a little bit of extra momentum. Um, and, you know, but he was, uh, you know, it's hard to criticise him too much, but I just think we talked about this in the game, that just some of those tactical kicks and even the kicks off penalties, he's just not brave enough to go deep in the 22. And the people around us were saying the same thing. It's, you know, that makes the difference between a, a kind of a real top level team. And I don't want to criticise him because I think he's a, he's a heart and soul player and he's, he's done really well. But when you look at the whole kicking game, Miles is right, defending kicks, chasing box kicks, tactical kicking... We were saying, why, why is Piertown not having a... He's got a big left boot. Why is he not having a go at, at kicking a couple of those penalties into the corner, especially to the right-hand side? You know, this guy's a world-class player. He's played for the All Blacks. He's surely got the the cojoneth to, uh, to have a go. And I just wonder whether, going back to what Miles said, we have become a little bit too predictable on some of our things. And uh, and the kicking game is important. We, we, we're not saying we shouldn't be kicking, but... We've got to get it right. Well, one of the things I, I've noted really is, you know, if, we, if we've got ambitions to be top six and, and better than that, I just feel when you look at us from probably numbers nine to 12, I don't see a game changer. I don't see someone that can really take control in the backs mm-hmm. that can make that difference. Um, I've watched a little bit of the, the Leicester Harlequins game and um, like George Ford, little chip over um, for the, the, the try that actually tied things up um, for for Leicester was, was just that bit of magic that you needed to, to, to unlock the game. And we've got some good young players, they're coming through, but I, I really don't see, we're solid, we're not excited now, I think, in that 9 to 12. And I, th- I think Randall, I thought Randall again, came on and played well. Yeah. I think the problem with our scrum ups, and I've got to hold my hand up, this was something that a mate of mine newly told me who knows his stuff and was an ex a proper scrum off and he he texted me and said the problem with our scrums off scrum offs are that the one that comes on always seems to play better than the one that starts and it's like whoever it is and yeah. you know this seems to be it's great having two equal scrum offs but we really need someone to to really dominate that position and you know Randall potentially I think has got the potential to be that 
give him another season or two. But it's whether, do we wait that long? Yeah. Or, you know, as you say, watching the Harlequins-Leicester game, I mean, Danny Kerr, you know, he's a bit Marmite, Danny Kerr, but he looks like he knows what he's doing. He's, he's sniping, he's talking. There's a lot, you know, he's, he's dominating that position. And that has to be, we've sort of talked about this before, that's where the game is won and lost, I think, in the halfbacks. And we're kind of average. And I think that's probably, it reflects the reality of where we are, our halfback position. I, I think it's nicely summed up by one of our followers on uh, Twitter, John Andrews, who's got uh, the Twitter handle at J underscore A underscore Andrews. John said, my summary in short of the Bristol Bears for Bears Beyond the Gate is inaccurate, naive again, lacking decision makers and form that suggests we need to be looking over our shoulders. Top six on the form of the last three league games is a pipe dream. Staying up is again our only real goal. I think contemporaneous. Jeff Twentyman would like that opinion, wouldn't he? I, I think you know the first half of the tweet there around decision makers and um, inaccurate and naive. I'd, I'd go along with. Uh, I'm still hopeful that we can be there or thereabouts for six mm. upwards, um, but you know something has got to be done differently I think um, I see on social media you've got kind of two camps there's the blue tinted spectacles that say oh it's fine we go again next week look we're fourth in the league Um, uh, and then you've got the others that are saying no things need to change Um, to me it's like I don't know it's like motor racing you could say you're halfway around the circuit for your 50 laps out of 100 you've done well you're in fourth place Actually, if you're running out of fuel and you've got a slow puncture in your tyre, if you keep going like that, you could very well finish last. So I think we do need to start addressing things. Um, We'll talk about the Leicester game in a minute, but... um, you know, I, I'd, li- I'd like to see maybe one or two people given an opportunity mm. to come in and shine. Lee? I mean, I would just I'd back that up completely. I think the, the thing is, you know, what we're talking about now is I don't know if we've got the players in our makeup to be able to change it. And that then breeds the predicti- predictability. Sorry, that's easy for me to say. But that without breeds, a beer this week. Without a beer. But that, that, that breeds that because obviously you've only got to watch our games on reruns, which all these coaches do now. And you can see what we're doing. And if we haven't got a plan B and a plan C, we're stuck. And, and I think the balance is somewhere in between what John's just said then and what we're talking about. I think we it does need to be addressed because otherwise what we're doing is putting a plaster over a massive cut. But I think that we're at this point where we've got to find a balance between the two. We probably overachieved at the start and we've come down to earth in the last few weeks. So I think the balance is somewhere in the middle. I mean, Lee's, I think Lee's absolutely right. To put a bit of, uh, a bit of mathematical um, analogy on this on a Sunday morning is I think what we're doing is we're regressing back to our mean. And I think the reality is we have a squad of a small number of high level quality players, marquee players, experienced the Pietals, Hughes, people like that. And then we have a lot of up and coming players and to Pat's own admittance 
we have cast-offs from premiership sides. We have championship players with potential in academies. Now, if you average out that squad, we're yeah. probably bang in the middle yeah. of the premiership. So all we're doing is we're kind of, I think the last few games is we're regressing back to that position. The beginning of the season, we had a couple of big games, maybe slightly anomalous when you think about it. You know, Bath weren't there at all. We hammered them straight away. Exeter was a, a perhaps just a, a, one of those freak games that happens when you do have one or two players. But, you know, some of the more recent games, Saracens probably, you know, put us in our place massively. Um, and, you know, we're not a bad side. We have a solid pack. I think that's one thing. I mean, at least, you know, for 45 minutes in the first half of Saracens, we were we were very good. So I don't think we've got to worry too much about, about looking behind us. But I do think we have to be realistic that actually we're probably a middle of the... And, and Pat would say, you know, there's no way we were looking at winning it this season. And actually, they're probably saying top six, Tony, is our realistic goal. And then you push on. And some of those players that are, you know, are learning will be better next season. We, we add a few more players in. And, it, you know, and I think I put something on Twitter about Exeter, how long it took them to get to the top. It takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miles. I mean, uh, I agree with Pete. I mean, uh, clearly on Friday night, we were shown up in the in the backs, in the centres, weren't we? Yeah. And we really only made two key signings this year, wasn't it? In the forwards, Atwood and Hughes. So it's now slightly worrying, isn't it? And we probably all are starting to think signings needed. Big, strong centres, good decision makers, um, not playing players out of their positions like Leira, etc. Really showed on Friday night. Um, Fricker was outclassed, wasn't he? I mean, a lot of comments on social media said he's not ready for the Prem on these big, tight games. And yeah, I mean, I know we've got Edrada coming in, but... Few more signings, but you can't you can't get better if you don't go through that. No, I think no, no, Ricker's no. got potential. He has to have a game like that where he looks at that when he had that break. I think he should have gone outside yeah. and then looked to flick it. He tried to go inside and got and he knocked it on because he got hammered. So it's learning. So. Yeah, it's it's true. But I mean, he has deserved that chance in the first yeah. team because I mean, he's is the the performances in Europe have been outstanding, haven't they? And I think, like Pete says, you've got to throw him in to find out if he's. If he can sink or swim, I mean, wasn't his best day at the office, missed tackle at the end, but he warranted the place in the first team for me. I think one of the things that makes you realise, although he wasn't spectacular, Siali Pietau at centre, how, how solid he was and how much work he did defensively. And I think the very first podcast when we were saying, have we strengthened enough? My one concern was the, the centres. Um, I actually look at that premiership pack and I think it probably holds its own with yeah. most teams now in, yeah. in, in that league. But as I said earlier, I think between, from 9 to 12, we just lack that little bit of spark and creativity. Game management then, let's let's finish on this. This last, what was it, the last two minutes? Um, were we right? Was Randall right to kick the ball away? Lots of people on social media have said we should have just stuffed it up our jumpers and run down the clock. Pete, what's your thoughts? It's a difficult one, that, because I, I watched this, I watched the game back this morning and I had a proper look at what happened there. And, you know, we we were actually, ironically, it was one of our best restarts. We caught the ball cleanly, we had the ball and we box kicked it. Now, I had thought that they had then scored from that box kick. But having re-watched it again, they then kicked it back. We had a bit of a a go. And then Randall kicked a really nice flat one right into their 22. So they had a line out inside their 22 with two minutes to go. 
And so, it, you know, realistically, the kicking was right. It, the kicking got us to a position where they, they're now looking. They've got oh, three quarters of the pitch to try and score a try or a penalty. And actually what happened, and I'd forgotten about this, was that from the resulting line out of Maul, one of their forwards broke out of the Maul and ran about 25 yards. And from that point onwards, they then had a bit of momentum. So it, game management, absolutely. But it wasn't actually the kicking. I think it was just something, you know, maybe a bit of luck. I don't know. And I think as well, the yeah, the, the the number eight that scored, um, when we watched that live, it looked like three bad missed mm. tackles but again watching it on TV I think Fricker he got was caught, out, outnumbered yeah. and Hughes was ending right at the end of the game yeah. the back row just didn't yeah. quite have the energy to get there Hughes didn't quite get there in time but obviously it's Piotr was the one uh, now whether he thought Hughes was going to get him whether he was sold the slightest of dummies but that 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 was the man to make the tackle he'd made that world class tackle yeah. in the first half um, but obviously missed his man, and I'm sure he'll he'll be yeah. ruining that um, through through the week ahead. One last thing I'd like to say on these last two or three minutes, and having said we're not going to do gets my goat. This is another little done two now, Tony. This is another <laughs> little goat for me. I haven't got kid. a big problem with dance cam. However, oh, yes. the tension, you could have cut it with a knife with two minutes to go and there were audible groans all around the dolmen with two minutes to go. Downsy pops up on the big screen with some happy clappy music. Let's oh. do dance cam. Please, Downsy, if you're listening, there's less than 10 minutes to go. Let's not have dance cam. It killed the tension in the stadium and people were groaning how inappropriate that was at that point of the game Lee I think we should replace it with um, when it, when a game's that tense for a, a nail biting cam because that's the way everyone's feeling oh. at the time the last thing you want is or you could stick up the old uh, Edvard Munch the screen <laughs> on the studio like, get everyone really tense that would be good wouldn't it just, just didn't work for me well no, anyway that's, that, that's enough about the Wasps game hopefully we'll, we'll learn from that but um, let's move on and it's Leicester away. Which is massive now. <laughs> which is a massive game. And of course, the, uh, the three of you are going on the supporters' road coach. trip. It's a road trip. <laughs> That's on the game. We're now, all, nearly all going. Now, I won't be there. I'm going down to, to my, my homeland of Cornwall, where my love of rugby first started when I played mini and junior rugby for uh, Campbell Rugby Club, oh, the, the premier team in Cornwall at that time. <laughs> Um, uh, so I won't be there, boys. But you're you're on the road trip. How are you thinking the Leicester game um, is going to go? What are the changes? Do you think are going to be made? Well, I think Lee, Lee's hoping there's a toilet on the coach. Oh, God, don't worry, fans. I'll be I'll be all, I'll be okay. I'll be fit again for for Saturday. You'll bring a bottom. I yeah. promise. But no, just, uh, joking aside, I mean, I think every game's a big game. It's a premiership, isn't it? And I think every game's a big game. And this particularly. Now, we, Leicester, were all right yesterday. They drew, they did. I mean, they were at Twickenham, so fair dues to them. Probably got, you know, we're pretty lucky to get that draw. But um, their scrum was solid. So, but we know our scrum and set piece is solid. So I think we'll we'll uh, we'll um, match them up there. I think it's all about how we manage the, the game, how we manage the situation. We manage obeying Tigers crowd because they're going to be up for it. They're going to look at us and think, oh, they're on the back of a defeat. You know, they'll come at us. Genji's going to come at us. Um, and it's really, it will be interesting. We obviously want the results, but it actually be interesting to see how our players react. Yeah. And if we lose, but we really 
front up and we we respond to some of the issues of Friday, then I think we'll come back satisfied. If we go there and we capitulate a little bit like we did at Saracens, then it then you know it's it's going to be difficult. And I don't know. Lee, your thoughts? No, I was going to say. I mean, it's, it is bounce back ability, isn't it? I mean, this this game. I mean, we always said the the Leicester game was going to be big, but I mean, if we can silence the crowd, yeah, get on top of them. I mean, if we can come away from this with, you know, a point, a bonus point win, or even a win, a cheeky point. <laughs> that's what we want, Miles, isn't it? I think it's so important for our season because it just hammers another nail early in their coffin. Yeah. Miles, I mean, after after last weekend, we've got a full week training, haven't we? Um, perhaps to sort of sort out those, iron out those errors. Psychologically, this is massive and really tough for Bristol, isn't it? After two defeats on the bounce where we thought we would have won on Friday night, this is tough. And they look at Leicester at Twickenham and realise they fronted up against Quinns really well in the pack, which I said is not our problem, is it? <laughs> But don't forget, they've got George Ford, and he's a slippery little character, isn't he? Huge boot on him, and they'll be hitting us hard in their backs. Well, well before we maybe sit, talk about what changes there might be to the team, um, our partnership with club statistician Neil Williams. Um, Neil's given us the facts around our opponents, Leicester. So... Um, we first played Leicester in October 1897. Um, our overall record against the Tigers is played 183, 180, drawn three, lost 94. Um, only Bath, 243 games, and Gloucester, 225 games, have we played more than Leicester as a team. We've won just 19 of 86 away games and only two in 20 in the league at Welford Road. Um, With 38 league and playoff games, we've played them more than any other team in the league era. And there are a whole host of players that have played for both clubs. But for those players that have played for both clubs and have played for both teams against each other, if that makes sense. Of course, we've got Harry Thacker and Jordan Crane who are currently there, but Paul Burke, Martin Corey, Gaston Cortes, Daryl Gibson and Julian White have played for both sides, both ways. Um, This is in the league era. So those are the facts and figures. So only two wins in 20 at Welford Road in the league. It's that old, it's those stats, isn't it, Tone? I mean, you know, it's like the Wasps game. You know, those stats were horrendous. And I I think we mentioned this. And the trouble with stats is that's fine. But contextually, we thought we were going to win that Wasps game. (laughs) And it didn't. It was the stats came back to do us. And I I can't explain it. You know, there was no reason why those stats should really have mattered on Friday. We're playing at the bottom of the table. So I haven't scored many tries. Fekatoa, their New Zealand, haven't done anything. And then what happens? They score a bonus point and he gets out. Yeah, it's the best game of the season. So I'm, I don't know. Stats so boys. Still going to well, I don't know. <laughs> talk about the, the players. Statistically, should we not get on the coach? Talk about it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be psychologically difficult for the players on Saturday. What about the fans? Yeah. So, as far as the team's concerned, any changes you'd make, Miles? Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Up front, I, I can't see it. I'm, Atwood didn't have a great game, to be honest with you, but Pat's rotation might mean that Joyce, you might come back. I mean, he was in the A-League this weekend, wasn't he? Um, it, the, the pack was good. With the injuries that we've got, I think that's the best pack we've got. Scrum halves, Pete alluded to, there's, there's oh, no well, difference, is there? Really? Well, Either one will be good. on the bench, one will come on. Um, but then we get to number 10. Oh, 
And where do we go? I mean, I don't know if Madigan had a good game for the A-League this weekend. There's a lot of shouts on the social media. Bring back Madigan! Would you, I, I'd love to give him another chance, really, with his maybe better game management, longer kicking, um, and in the centres, give Bedlow a chance. I mean, it, it was a bit of a shock on Friday. Something needs to change. Lee? Agreed with Miles. I think I, I'm worried about the centres. Um, I mean, it's too loud, you think? Well, he didn't play yesterday. He's so rested. He's rested. So, rested, so, so could could I assume he's playing. That is a massive, massive um, problem that we need to deal with. Mm. And our two Alagi is, uh, you could argue, is Will Horrell is, is, is yes. the ginger two Alagi. But he's obviously out of favour. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just going to be whoever goes into that centre has got to have the game of their lives. Can I just say one thing about the second row? Um, what struck me was that Atwood doesn't do much catching in the line-out. It's mainly Vui or Luatoa. Yeah. So I'm thinking then you're another lock. You want someone a little bit more mobile. And I think Ed Holmes. I think I perhaps think that we'll start with Ed Holmes. Um, we the only change in the pack. Um, because I just think Atwood perhaps he's not if he's not being used that much you know we've got others that could yeah. could maybe be a bit more mobile so yeah. that was my, my own prediction okay um, well we're still fourth in the league so I suppose you know even though we go again we, we go again we're being constructive with our criticism I think if someone said after what was it seven games you're going to be fourth in the league, we we would have taken that at the start of the season. Still above that. Yeah, still above that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Podbean. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review or rating for the show. You can also contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at bearsbeyondgate or like our Bears Beyond the Gate Facebook page. Yo, what's up? It's John Afford here and you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate. So I thought as it's the festive season, um, I wanted to check that the three of you have been paying attention. So we're going to have a little quiz on the season so far. <laughs> so um, if, if you're listening to the show, please do play along at home. We've got 12 questions that will test your knowledge on the season so far. So I'm going to start with Lee. Are you re- are you ready, Lee? I'm ready, Tony. Don't look at my answers. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Who were our four opponents in the Premiership Rugby Cup at the start of the season? Oh. Okay. Right. I know London Irish for one because Ben Luder had a blinder against us. Um, Exeter. Yep. And obviously, Gloss. Yep. Is that your answer? Uh, did you say three or four? Four. four. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say Quint. Correct. Whoa. Oh, I can start with a Wibbywood boy. Pressure on that. Miles, in the season opening win against Bath, we scored seven tries, but who scored the first one? Ooh. Oh, he's tough. That's a tough one. I know this one. you we scored the Bath try. <laughs> I, I, there was so many, wasn't there? There were so many. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just say Morahan. I'm not entirely sure. Hey, what? It was the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom. Boom. Lucky, lucky. lucky. I knew that one. All right, then. Pete, uh, yep. whose late try earned a losing bonus point um, in our away league game at Harlequins? Oh, oh. I know this one. 
He is uh, one of our Kiwi contingents, Jake Heenan. Correct. Well done. Well done. Good that. <laughs> All right. Um, back to, to Lee then. Question four. Uh, Ewan Lloyd's late try sealed a home win over Sale at the gate. But what was the final score? Oh, oh God. This is going to be a complete guess. I can't even remember how many points were in it, but I'm going to go... 1912. Ooh. Close. Anybody know? I think it was a closer scoreline than that. I think it was only 16. two or three. 1916. The answer was 1610. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, question five. In the dramatic away win at Sandy Park, what was the score at half time? Miles. I think, I'm sure they had four tries on us. So realistically, was it? Was it as bad as 28-0? No. Anybody jump in? 24-0. No, because we scored a penalty just before half-time. We kicked one, so we had three. Because Sheedy, Sheedy should have taken the points earlier, so we took oh, one four. Yeah. And it was... A, we scored 20... Oh, Come on, I'm going to have to. I'm going to say it was. What did you say? I said 28 to zip. No, it was definitely something three. I'm going to say 25 three. Uh, at half time, we were losing 17 nil. Oh, 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 <laughs> you're right. I'm sure he's right. Cool. Pete, in our 59 20 win, 21 win over Zebra in the Challenge Cup, <laughs> how many Bristol players scored a try? Oh, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, and what was the score again? 59, I'd say six. Any other guesses? Seven. It was in fact eight. Eight. We had Capon, Fricker, O'Connor, Lloyd, Dan Thomas, Jan Thomas, Charlie Powell, and Uren. So, yeah, Uh, back to Lee then. Question seven. Um, we won 36 nil away in Breve in the Challenge Cup. How many years ago did Breve fail to score at home? 58 years. Ooh, no, was it 1958? No. no. To, to score at home. I'm going to have to take your first answer. What are we saying? There's a phone ringing in the background, building tension. <laughs> It'd be phone your friends. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got the answer. Chris Tarrant on the end. Yeah. Um, can you repeat the question, please? No, come on. Nineteen, nine, how many games? Eighty-four games. What? No, <laughs> what the how, many years? how many years? How many years? How many years ago okay. was it since they got right nil at home? Uh, Quick, fifty-eight. I think it was, I think it was twenty-two. It was like nine nine five or something. Twenty-two. It Twenty-four. Was, it was in fact fifty-seven. Oh. Should have taken that call. Right, right. Question eight, Miles. On the first of December, we drew 2027 uh, at home with London Irish. Who scored the late try for Bristol that we thought had won the game for us before Irish's drawing penalty at the death? <sighs> oh, was it Jan Lloyd? It wasn't. He ran down the touchline in front of us. Oh, it was, Eddie, it was Big Eddie Holmes. 
It was, in fact, Harry Stacker. Oh, oh, he, just, he did what he did there. Well, at least was shockingly consistent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pete, um, in Bristol's 37-11 home win against Stade Francais, who played his first game for the Bears since the Premiership Rugby Cup defeat in Exeter two months earlier? I think it was... Was it? Oh, I'm thinking two here. I'm thinking maybe Sam Bedlow. Or it might be Nicky Thomas. Which one are you going to go Nicky for? Thomas. Anybody else want to... Madigan. Ian Madigan. Oh, yeah. remember? Yeah, Because we, we talked about it. Yeah. It's pressure, uh, mate. It's uh, pr- it's just, you're, so, you're so professional, you know. <laughs> After the show's gone out, you forget everything. Right. Your last question then, Lee. Okay, um, let's get this one right. Our 47-13 defeat at Saracens ended a long streak of premiership games where we gained at least one point. How many games was that streak of gaining at least oh, one point? Um... I think it was 18 games. Well, it's going to be 17, isn't it? It's in fact 17. So the loss at sale on the 22nd of December 2018 was the last pointless game before the Saracens. So we went a whole, almost a whole mm. calendar year gaining at least a, a point every game. So why is pointless? Right, your last question then, right. Miles. Um, on Friday's 21-26 defeat to Wasps, which three Bristol players did Nazim Kars beat to score the winning try? That's easy. Fricker, Hughes and Piatow. Yeah, that's a bit of an easy one. <laughs> yeah. We just, 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 yes, just haven't that. quite forgotten that game. And then I had to find, I'd run out of game, so, but yeah. I wanted to make sure everybody got an equal amount of questions. So your last question then, Pete. Which member of our coaching team is leaving at the end of the season and where is he going? Well, Jonathan Thomas and he's off to... I remember reading about this. He lives there. He's, he must be back to Wales somewhere. So is he going... No, he's not actually. You're right, he's not going to Wales. He's going to, he's going to uh, Worcester. Worcester Warriors, correct. Yeah. Oh, be. So I, I, I've lost count, but I, I, I think you're all winners because <laughs> yeah. you, you turn up every week and do the podcast. So uh, and there'll be people listening to this and thinking, do they actually what? go to watch <laughs> the games? Apologies. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that if you were playing along and that's brought back some memories of the game so far. I'd like to wish you all uh, a very happy new year for a few days' time. The boys, as I said, are on a coach trip to Leicester, so we look forward to hearing not only about the game, but the uh, going on the Rugby Supporters Club trip. So for the last time this decade, it's uh, Bears Beyond the Gate signing off. We'll see you again next week. Happy New Year. Adios. Adios.